Sometimes one good idea acts as a magnet for other good ideas, such as the story told in this episode of IB Matters. Hi, this is John Peterson, and in this episode we talk to Irina and Howard Burton of Ideas Roadshow. They have a unique perspective on the IB. They do not come to the IB as former IB teachers or school leaders. As filmmakers and academics from the areas of law and theoretical physics, they've been gathering video of leading thinkers and practitioners in a broad array of fields for many years. Eventually, their vast trove of video resources led them to begin looking for a younger audience who might find this information useful. After looking at many high school programs of study across the world, guess who they found to be the most suited to using their first-person interviews with leading practitioners in a cross-section of academic fields? That's right, Ivy students and their teachers. In this episode, we hear how the TOK course, in particular, drew the Burtons to the IB and led them to create video and print resources for 21 IB subjects and for the core of the diploma program. Welcome to IB Matters, a podcast for those who currently teach, lead, attend, or are interested in international baccalaureate IB schools. Hi, this is John Peterson with IB Matters, and I'm here today with Irina and Howard Burton of Ideas Roadshow. Hello. Hello. Hi. So uh, the two of them are, are, they work with Ideas Roadshow, and this is a product that uh, is helping DP students in particular around the world uh, to uh, improve the skills and improve their outcomes when it comes to uh, especially the core of the program, but also as teachers and subject teachers, and they'll, they'll tell you more about it. Um, with each of the DP subjects. So um, I first heard about um, Ideas Roadshow essentially through the internet, and uh, they have a, a good presence out there. And I'd just like to um, have Howard and Irina introduce themselves, talk a little bit about how they uh, got into this uh, Ideas Roadshow and uh, and uh, what they're doing with it today. So go ahead. Great. Okay, thanks, John. In the first place, uh, thanks for inviting you to your podcast, IB Matters, which is a great show. Uh, so let me talk a little bit about the Ideas Roadshow story, uh, as we call it. So my background is in law. I am a, a lawyer, and after having practiced law for several years in the Netherlands, uh, I became involved in teaching. And after that, I've been doing some teaching in different countries, in Canada and France and the Netherlands, and I became very focused on education and uh, what we can do to improve education. So Howard uh, has a PhD in theor- theoretical physics and a master's in philosophy. He was the founding director of Canada's Perimeter Institute for Theoretical Physics. And during his time at Perimeter, he created a very extensive outreach program, which became very popular uh, with teachers, for students, and for general audience. And basically, uh, through the combination of our experiences, we were determined to combine a high quality content, really unique content by having in-depth conversations with leading experts around the world. And from those conversations, uh, create educational resources that basically uh, didn't exist beforehand. That was the idea to say we're, we're going to combine our interests, our experience in education um, to create real, real educational innovation. So one of, one of the, the expressions, because you need to have these handy buzzwords. So one of the 
the, the, the things we like to say is that we're determined to put the ed into ed tech. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more than just a, a fancy expression. But what, what do we really mean by that? Well, there's an awful lot of innovation that's happening in the educational sector. But the, the vast majority of it um, actually uh, is directly linked to technology. Now, uh, in terms of how you can package things, how you can disseminate them, obviously the internet has changed things beyond all recognition. And those are mm-hmm. all wonderful things. We're certainly not saying that, um, that they're not wonderful things. Um, quite the contrary. In fact, when we started Ideas Roadshow, our approach was to say, okay, look, the, the landscape has changed. There's all this new technology. How can we use the technology in such a way that we can actually produce transformatively different educational resources and educational products? Mm-hmm. And so that was, the, that was our whole modus operandi be, behind developing Ideas Roadshow. And one of the things that we focused on was video technology. Obviously, that had reached the level where it became very easy and affordable and, and, and possible to have high-level video products that were available. In terms of the IB, nobody twisted our arm to, to focus on the IB. Uh, we, we looked long and hard at all sorts of uh, different programs all around the world, and we were extremely impressed by uh, what the IB was doing through the diploma program, and in fact, other programs, but certainly through the diploma program. And, um, and so it, it, this is obviously it's a lot of work on our part, but it's a real labor of love. And so we certainly applaud them for what they're doing and you for what you're doing as well in order to, uh, to increase the popularity of the IB. But, um, but what we were trying to do was to say, and as Irena was saying, based upon my personal experiences and her personal experiences, often the most interesting insights that happen when you talk to experts are done in an informal way. They're done when you go out for coffee at a conference, so they're done right. be, you know, be behind a table, or they're done somewhere where people are saying, you know what, this guy's actually full of it. This is just nonsense what I'm hearing, or the really interesting stuff is happening down in that room over there. Let's go over there. Or I've been working on this theory for five years, and, and I'm not making any progress whatsoever. Those are the things that are actually often really, really interesting that you won't get in the official airbrush talks. And so the idea was maybe we could actually use the affordances of this new technology, go right to the sources, talk to these people, and then bottle it in an accessible way and be able mm-hmm. to present it to, to a broad, curious audience. Right. And that, that brings us to the audience, the target audience that we're talking about here today, and that's the TOK student and teacher. And uh, in the video I watched of your, uh, of your products, what was interesting to me is that you have very sophisticated uh, experts uh, and expertise that's that is part of this and in, in your resources and these are things that I know as a former TOK teacher and by the way I was also a physics IB teacher as well oh, cool. I'm, a, I'm a little intimidated I didn't have that degree you have but yeah. um, but as far as the uh, getting the information there's so much information that the the classic Google search in fact a big part of helping students with their extended essay and their TOK uh, essays is to help them uh, drill into what's important and, and at the same time have a wide enough range of, of accessible information that they could start selecting ideas that would that would fit their interests. But at the same time, then once they get there, uh, you know, drill deep enough to be able to have some new insights and give them a chance to, to just um, maybe see something they didn't expect to see because they wouldn't have searched for it directly. Absolutely. So, 
there, I guess there are two points. So, so one is the accessibility, and the other is this idea that, well, can you ever get these people to actually engage anyway? I mean, one of the questions I'm asked with Ideas Roadshow quite frequently is, how do you get these people, all these, all these big names, how do you actually get them to engage? You know, it must be very, very difficult. It was that the opportunity, the forum doesn't exist for them to be able to actually candidly talk about their work. Sure. And when you have this informal conversational format, and when you, just like you're doing, when you talk to people openly and honestly and unscripted, all sorts of interesting things come out. And these people are used to talking to a general audience, and you can take their ideas and bottle them in such a way that they can actually be directly used. And here's where the theory of knowledge bit comes into play, because sure. most of the time, and this is one of the reasons why we decided to focus on the IB, in fact, when we thought, okay, let's do something for high schools. One of the core reasons was theory of knowledge, because we looked at all of the footage that we had, and we looked at all the footage we were constantly building and developing and, and, and all of that. And we realized the really interesting questions, the really interesting parts of the conversation, almost invariably had a theory of knowledge component to them. There was, right. how do you know when your theory is actually correct? How, how can you be certain that you, you've gone in with some particular biases or, or, or other particular right. biases? How, um, when, when, you're, when somebody else is criticizing you, what are they criticizing you for exactly? How do you know that they're actually wrong? What possible experiments, and this doesn't have to be at all within a scientific context, what possible experiments or new evidence or whatever will, can possibly lead you to conclude that you're actually wrong? How do you know that you're actually on the right track? All of these questions are the ones that are naturally coming out of the conversational format. And all of that has a theory of knowledge component. So right. again, when we started talking to people in the community, we were getting this feedback from teachers and students that, oh, you know, the problem with theory of knowledge is it's all very abstract. The textbooks talk about theory of theory of theory of theory of theory. There's nothing, that, there's a real paucity of real world examples. There's a real shortage of concrete empirical stuff that we can just, whether it's video or print or whatever, slide into the classroom and demonstrate this is the sort of thing that we're talking about. And we thought, well, hang on a minute. We actually have this stuff. Of course, we have to, we have to edit it. We have to craft it. We have to highlight it. We have to, we have to invest a lot of work in it. But we have the raw material to be able to actually meet that need. Because one of the things is I'm sure you appreciate uh, very deeply as a, as a TOK teacher and, and as a physics teacher, is it's essential to actually admit when you don't know something. Mm, it's oh, essential, sure. and it's a, and 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 sometimes I call it a have, academic humility. That's what I yeah. call it. <laughs> but it's you know that's just that's part of it's not it's not even academic as we all realize. It's just life, right? I mean, if you yeah. go through life yeah. without recognizing when you don't know something, you're you're going to have a hard time learning things because because yeah. you can't admit to yourself when you actually don't know something. Humility is a good thing all around. But I mean, it's. It, I mean, it's. It sounds very tried and cliche and all the rest of that. But it, it's. It's true, right? I mean, you. If you. If you can't understand when you don't know something, then you're going to have a hard time. If you can't identify what's unknown, um, right. if you don't know what what you don't know, then you're going to have a great deal of difficulty building knowledge. And right. so, uh, you know that that's that's a really essential part, and that's something that people certainly on the research front lines are often equally guilty of. It's not like it's limited to teachers or high school teachers or lay people or whatever. Lots of people have that problem. But 
Um, it, it's certainly something that the best people, in my judgment, really the people who are um, the, the honest to God leaders of the field will almost invariably have a very clear picture of what they don't know. And they're very keen to communicate that to people. Mm-hmm. So there, there's that. But then there's this other point, if I can just address the, that you mentioned about the subject teachers. The subject teachers in our experience, and you know infinitely more than we do, but we've been obviously intensely involved talking to people for the last year or so. And there, there are two things that seem to be going on with respect to TOK and implementing TOK. One is that the subject teachers are exactly in the situation that you've described. They say, um, gosh, I don't really have the time. I'm not really exactly sure what to do. I've got so much with, to do with my, my normal course material. Um, if, even if they want to be doing this, they're not exactly sure where to go to get, to get concrete examples of TOK in action for their field. And often on the other side, the onus in our, from, from our conversations falls on TOK teachers who are also overworked, who often feel they have to do their own stuff for their courses. And they're saying, this is crazy. I have to be finding uh, you know, examples for TOK for biology and examples for TOK for history and examples for TOK for visual arts. And gosh, I don't, you know, I don't have any time to breathe, let alone uh, prepare my own courses. And so um, it, it was a real bonus for us to say, this is a real need. We believe strongly in the values of what the IBO is uh, is emphasizing. We believe, I'm super impressed by the idea of having TOK as this philosophical glue that binds the entire IBDP together. I think it's a fantastic system. Everybody talks about critical thinking, but these guys are actually doing something super concrete about it in an objective way. And I think that's to the benefit of of, of really planet Earth in the the long term. It's It's a wonderful thing, but you have to have these ready examples that are available so that Exactly. And maybe I can add something to that. Uh, Also for students themselves who also have direct access to Ideas Roadshow's IBDP portal, which is the the database that we created specifically for the teachers and students in the diploma program. We offer by, as Howard calls it, TOK in action, real world examples of experts in, uh, in an accessible way, talking about these concepts, like for instance, a very renowned historian who talks about you using imagination uh, to do research in the past is, a, for instance, a very powerful example. Um, that is something for also for students, of course, to talk a little bit about that. That is, that is incredibly powerful to see, as Howard said, there is a lot of theory involved, but to see um, the real world relevance of this, that people are really using this can be very powerful. And as I said, the students who said, boy, did I ever wish that I had access to that because it would, everything would have come alive for me and it would have mm-hmm. made a big difference. Right. And you, you have an example of a kind of a, not, I wouldn't call it a typical student, but maybe the student that you just described in your 20 minute video of that. Uh, there's a young man in your video that's basically kind of phoning it in, if you will, for TOK. It's like, well, I guess I have to do it, but I'm really interested in this particular subject area. I think it was science. And so in one of the, I'm always disappointed as a former TOK teacher and coordinator. And in my current role, when I hear a student say, yeah, TOK, I didn't really like that because <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, you got to be kidding me. Uh, you know, I, in fact, um, I don't know if listeners know this, but I do do a, a, a TOK class for senior citizens. So I have, oh, a group really? of, yeah, I have a, and I, I don't call it TOK cause I'm not allowed to, but it's called big questions, <laughs> but it's based on TOK. And, and it's, it's really cool to talk to like, for example, on Monday, we had a conversation with about a dozen 
senior citizens. And there was a, a, a epistemology professor from the University of Minnesota there, and he got us all going on, you know, there is no truth. And right. so it was kind of funny. He just threw that out in the middle of the room and it, and it exploded just like it would have in a TOK class. <laughs> and, and so these kind of things, there's so you know, whenever I talk to adults about TOK, they're like, oh, I wish I'd had that course. And sometimes, yeah. unfortunately, a 17-year-old doesn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. And giving them a chance, and, and let me get back a little bit to just the whole philosophy of TOK, which is, as we said, is to help, you know, be the, as you put so so well, Howard, it's the glue that holds together the the work and all the other subjects. And so what IB is asking, it's like you said, not the TOK teacher's sole responsibility, but individual course teachers. Are there some examples of, of how um, individual course teachers uh, can incorporate the concepts of TOK? Are there a couple of things you can point out where they, like, for example, a history teacher or an art teacher or somebody would bring their TOK aspects into their course? But we also have specific TOK connection guides for each of the 21 DP subjects that we cover to address, okay. to exactly do that. So if I'm a, a teacher of uh, psychology and I want to say what is there that covers various aspects of TOK and psychology, you look at the TOK psychology guide, which has about, you know, 80 different concrete examples and highlights exactly what they are so that you can use those directly in your classroom. So we've, we've constructed our database to be able to do exactly that. So let's take a few examples in physics. How do you know that your uh, theory is correct? Well, take a theory. Um, you can take a modern theory and you can look at something like uh, cosmology and you could look at you know the problems associated with understanding the beginning of the universe and what does it mean to have a universe and a beginning of a universe and all the rest of that kind of stuff and that can really be exciting for a lot of people and let me just give you uh, an anecdote uh, uh, like most people I think who, who go on and do something uh, in a particular academic stream I was actually influenced quite strongly by my high school physics teacher and I remember very vividly when we were in class he asked us this question. He said, does the earth go around the sun or does the sun go around the earth? And we looked at him like he was completely crazy. Everybody knows that the earth goes around the sun and the sun doesn't go, and the sun, uh, doesn't go around the earth. And ha, 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 ha. And then he turned to us and he said, okay, why? Convince me, tell me. And he said, tell, tell me why. And none of us in the class, none of us could answer that question. And what he was pointing out, again, this wasn't, theory of knowledge, but it, it, it was theory of knowledge. It was very, yeah, knowledge. it was a very theory of knowledge uh, question. And so what he, was, what he was pointing out was we were merely parroting what we heard. We couldn't give a coherent argument. We were relying 100% on authority to be mm-hmm. able to, to say, not only that, we were ridiculing people that had another view. You're an idiot if you don't know this. Everybody knows this. Well, why? We didn't actually know why we knew it. It really called into question the whole idea of knowing something at all. We were blatantly relying upon authority. And I, I think these are the sorts of things that can be and should be done regularly. That left a, a very, very long lasting effect on me, particularly uh, insightful fellow. But I think it's this notion of keeping yourself honest, recognizing when uh, you think you know something, whether you actually can prove it what you even mean by actually proving something. Um, and and so that, that's a clear example. That's just off the top of my head of something that mm-hmm. had a particularly strong impact on me. Yeah, and there's corollaries. You know, think about it, say a history teacher, you could ask the same question, how do we know, you know what, that, that this particular event happened? Uh, what's our evidence? And 
And so those corollaries happen in other subjects. You know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was, you know, when you said, how do we know a theory is true? We really have to kind of say, well, we know it true as true as we can be at this point with the information we have, because science in particular is filled with examples of in the past, a new technology bringing in new information, which changed the narrative. And so these are things we have to be humble about what we know now, because we know that some new technology could come along and show us a different view of the world. Exactly. Yeah, right. absolutely. We have to know that. And we also, there are interesting aspects of uh, the mathematical nature of knowledge, because there are some areas of science that are more mathematical than others. There are some that are more law-like than others. There are, and then, you, and then you're, you're pushed into not only this question of, do we know something because we can prove it mathematically, but what does that even mean? What kind of help do they get through your materials or other ways to to dive in or to, to sift through the information that's coming at them in a video? Are they expected to to uh, distill the key information out of it or is there some help for them to do that? So the, the first thing to say, let me just say this and then you can, sure, uh, sure. The, the first thing to say is, is it's there is a video, there are a lot of videos, but it's not just videos. So we have a print component with every video and for the TOK videos, everyone, uh, has uh, just a summary of it, but it also has three TOK concepts and it has three sample knowledge questions that are associated with it as well. There's also a, a quite a bit of extra print uh, uh, components that, that uh, in terms of eBooks and all the rest of that, I won't bother going into that, but uh, I, I don't want, it's important to stress that it's not just, well, here's a video, go watch the video and there's the end of that. They have a lot of uh, supplementary detail to be able to frame things. That's, that's right. We've we've made a we've made a big effort uh, to make everything very accessible to students and teachers. And uh, last year, Ideas Rocha was actually uh, uh, the uh, winner of the Educational Learning Resources Award at the London Book Fair's International Excellence Awards. And that was we were able to make um, high-level research accessible to different audiences. So there, it was an academic audience and a public. Uh, the general public, basically. So we basically, so that same concept or that same uh, idea, of course, is followed through in our IBDP portal that we created. And I think to a much higher uh, extent, even because, of course, we realize we're dealing with young students, 16, 17 year olds. So we've made a real effort, as Howard said, we have these print components also we give a, a short summary always of the video. We also um, add closed captioning. Um, I noticed that a lot of people find it easier actually to follow uh, content, to listen to content when they can read yeah, it at the same as time. Well. Yeah. Well, everybody's doing stuff on their phone now, so I don't even think anybody listens anymore. I think they're just looking yeah, at the subtitles. That's, that's, <laughs> that's true too. But so we add a lot of extras also, keywords, key concepts, uh, TUK concepts. Uh, so we, we we help uh, students basically by laying these things out very clearly. Most of the videos are also short form material, yeah, and short. this this also speaks to something that you raised before in terms of the the attention span of not just younger people but but everybody. Most of the videos, let's say eighty five percent of these five hundred plus videos, are short form, and that means between two and five minutes mm. long. And for TOK, there's something even shorter form. So the thing that I actually uh, am maybe most proud of and think, quite frankly, would be the most useful for students is these things that we put together called TOK samplers. And what they do is they're completely interdisciplinary, but they focus on a particular TOK theme, like 
uh, biases or assumptions or, or some of the AOKs or what have you. And they get together one minute video clips of seven or eight or nine experts. And then punctuated within that one minute clip is a knowledge question that's, that, that relates exactly to that, that point. So there's a, like a freeze frame and then the knowledge question pops up based exactly on what they were saying. And that, that lasts for five seconds and then the video continues and then we move on to another video. And in fact, we've made a whole bunch not only related to the, the, all the TOK uh, priorities right now, but also for the new TOK curriculum. So we've made some for knowledge and language, and knowledge and politics and knowledge in indigenous societies and so forth. Yeah. So uh, was there anything else, in fact, if you would like, uh, just to let us know how to get a hold of Ideas Roadshow or get a hold of the two of you? Um, and then what you offer for people who are interested in, in uh, accessing these resources. Yeah, so maybe I can talk a little bit about uh, this. So the database, as I said earlier, is called Ideas Roadshow's IBDP portal. And we have uh, launched uh, a new website with lots of information about the database, which is uh, just www.ideasroadshowibdp.com. Uh, what we're doing right now is um, we we have uh, live webinars available, regular live webinars. But more importantly, we will be launching on-demand webinars starting next week. So let me just, for the listeners, they could be listening to this anytime. So that would be towards the end of August 2019. Exactly. And so uh, anybody can join those webinars at any time they like. Uh, it's very easy, and it's a very detailed overview of what, what we're doing. It's basically a live webinar recorded, but then with some extra features. And after somebody has attended the webinar, we offer a one-week free trial so that, uh, you know, you can explore all the different resources on your own. And we offer individual and institutional subscriptions or different options. So, so to access the webinars, you just go to the webinar page on ideasroadshowibdp.com and then you'll get taken to a, a plethora of, uh, of opportunities. You can, you, can, you can do webinars to your heart's content. Sounds good. Yeah. And I will leave the pricing out because that'll change possibly, but uh, they know how to find it and their pricing is right on your website, if I recall. Incredibly affordable. Yeah. We're changing. We're changing the world, John. You are, and we're, we're trying to all do it together. <laughs> and that's, in fact, what the IB is trying to do. That's why we we support them. So appreciate that. Indeed. Well, I want to thank both of you, uh, Irina and Howard, for your time today. I look forward to having a further conversation. Well, thank you very much. So do we. And and just you're doing a wonderful thing with IB Matters. Thank you. You can learn much more about Ideas Roadshow for the DP at www.ideasroadshowibdp com or by using links in our podcast notes. You can also learn more about the IB pre-K to 12th grade framework of education on the IB website at ibo.org. Please find all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts and click subscribe so you don't miss any future programs. Follow us on Twitter at MattersIB. Also help us spread the word about IB by liking and sharing IB Matters links in your own feeds and social networks. In very little time, we have already been heard in over 70 countries, a testament to the global reach of the IB.